So I ask you today to open up the Word of God to the Old Testament, to the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 126, Psalm 126, and we're going to focus upon a phrase that is found within that psalm calling us to dream again, to dream again. I would ask you to stand in honor of God's precious Word, Psalm 126, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read the entirety of this psalm. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. When we speak of dream, we're talking about belief and faith and trust, renewed hope, renewed help, belief again in what God and God alone can do. So when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, uh, it was a renewed time within the life of the people. Then in verse 2, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. That's what the others were testifying. But notice in verse 3, you know, we're not going to be left out of this. They begin saying the Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. In verse 4, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Then we read in verse 5 and 6, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Heavenly Father, we pray your blessings upon your word. May it not return to you void. May it accomplish what you have sent it to accomplish in this room among our lives today. May we hear from the Spirit. May we be faithful to be obedient and responsive to him as you call us to dream again. And we ask and pray this in the name above all, the high, the holy, the precious name of our Lord and of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Dream again. God isn't finished with his people. Dream again. God isn't finished with his church. Dream again. God isn't finished with you. He has a plan, he has a purpose, and he has a people. And we must trust God. We must hold on to God. For in Christ, all things are possible. Even in the most impossible of settings and scenarios and situations, God has a word and God has a work. And we must dream again. Do you remember when you used to dream? And there's just a freshness about your relationship with the Lord. There was a freshness about your fellowship with Christ every day. There was an anointing that seemed to be on your life, your ministry, and on your faithfulness, on your service to the Lord. There was just a touch of God upon your life. There seemed to be a fire that was just burning within your bones. There was excitement. You, you looked forward to being with God's people because there was anticipation and expectation of what God was going to do. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to be in the house of the Lord. You couldn't wait to be out serving the Lord and doing what God and God alone would empower and equip you to do. Do you remember when you used to dream? Do you remember when you ceased dreaming? Disappointments come in all of our lives. Discouragement. We all face moments of defeat. There are times that we feel devalued and, and deflated. 
There are times that distractions turn us away from the focus of the Lord in our life. Times we're just devastated. You remember when you ceased dreaming. The call of the scripture is to dream again. Because we are in a new day, in a new season, filled with new opportunities. And many people are always looking back and longing for what once was. But God is calling us to look ahead and to dream about what will be. Dreamers see before others see. Dreamers know before others know. Matter of fact, dreamers even go before others go. They're here, but God already has them where he wants to lead them to be. A few years ago, Karen and I had the privilege of going to France and an anniversary trip that we had planned, and we went on a river cruise down the Seine River. We left out of Paris, and ultimately we're down in Normandy. And as we were on this cruise going down the Seine, we would stop at all these different little villages and little communities all up and down the river. It was just a magnificent trip, beautiful scenery, just learning the history of all these different places. One particular place that we stopped was called Giverny. I really didn't know the significance of it, but as we began reading about it, we found that this was the home of the French Impressionist painter Claude Monet. And Monet had purchased 2.5 acres of undeveloped property there in Giverny. And he had a vision, he had a dream of what that property could become. It was just raw ground, trees, plants grown over. But yet in his mind, he, he had a vision. He was a horticulturalist, and so he designed gardens, and he dug ponds, and he grew particular plants and flowers, and he strategically positioned them over this 2.5 acres to accentuate and capture light based on the time of day. Monet painted the, off the ponds the water lilies that we so often think about when we think about the paintings of Monet. And he lived at this farm until his death in 18. 1983. And I was very inspired by this whole story because here is a man who was able to dream. Here was a man who was able to, to see what was yet to be. And he designed and he developed and he planted accordingly. He dreamed what he wanted to paint even before those paintings existed. Today, over 600,000 people per year visit these gardens in Giverny. And the paintings of Monet are displayed in art galleries all around the world. And in 2016, a painting of Monet was auctioned for over $81 million. You see, dreamers see what is yet to be, and they dedicate their life to that goal. Isn't it time that the church dreamed and dreamed again? Isn't it time that we had such a compelling vision from the Lord that we're willing to commit everything of our life together as his people and as individuals to accomplish what God and God alone can do through his church and through his people? We need to be reminded we're not a defeated people, but there is a defeated foe. We are victorious in Jesus Christ the Lord. So this morning, I want us to examine this passage because within this, it all focuses around we were like those who dreamed. 
For if we understand Psalm 126 in the context of the psalm, we realize that the covenant people of God were dealing with shattered dreams. Shattered dreams. I mean, they're in exile. And the period of exile lasted some 70 years. They had been conquered by the Babylonians. There were some who were called the remnant who remained in Jerusalem. And then there's this entire group of people who have been taken away into Babylonian captivity. Now just think about that in your life. They've been taken away from their family. They've been taken away from their friends. They've been taken away from their life. They've been taken away from their livelihood. They've been taken from the things that were sacred and special within their life. And they had been taken to a God-forsaken place, a place that they did not want to be, a place that they did not want to go, a place that was not of their own choosing. And in that place, in exile, you hear them crying out to God. They felt like God had forsaken them. They felt like God had forgotten them. They felt like God did not even care about them anymore. Here we are, God. We were in Jerusalem, and we were happy, and everything was okay. And now here we are, taken away from everything that we felt was right and important in our life and we're living our lives in exile shattered dreams oh they're riding out of an understanding of pain in life of problems pressures they understood politics at a really high level they're going through a pandemic of 70 years and then we read this psalm, and it has been said that God's when becomes our then. God's when becomes our then. In verse 1, we read, when the Lord. In verse 2, we see, then our mouth. God's when becomes our then. The when of verse 1 became the then of verse 2. When God moves, then. When God heals, then. When God reveals, then. When God leads, then. When God provides, then. When God blesses, then. So often in our shattered dreams, we miss the when of God. And we never experience then. I look back over ministry. The first sermon I ever preached was in 1977. I was a kid, and, and I've had the privilege of serving churches, and, 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 and at times in just my, the quietness before the Lord, I, I'll think, what have I missed that God wanted in my life? What are the wins that, that, that I missed just because I wasn't obedient or I wasn't sensitive to the leadership of the Lord? You, know, you can use every circumstance, every situation, and every wrong of your life as a reason for bitterness and anger and blame for what you're missing in your life. You, you have a litany of shattered dreams. I thought I would be here by now. I thought I would have this by now. I thought I'd be doing this by now. Certainly I should be leading this by now, appointed to this by now. I thought my marriage would be this by now. My family would be at this point by now. My career would be here by now. My finances at this season in my life and ministry. And the shattered dreams have your life absolutely paralyzed and stuck. You focus more on what is not rather than what is. 
And you focus more on why you cannot rather than why you can. And you live in the realm of what could have been rather than the blessing of what is in your life and ministry. And you can't move past shattered dreams and trust the when of God for your present and future. We have a new grandbaby in our family. His name is Nikolai. Nikolai is 10 months old. He's our fourth grandchild. Matt and Natalie dated for 10 years. We're kind of like, can y'all get on with the program here? <laughs> get married? <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's think about this. And, and they did. But their story is one of God's redemption. And it's a story of God's when that became our then. Natalie was in an orphanage in Russia. She was eight years old. Natalie became her name when she came to the States. It was not her name in the orphanage. Eight years old, living in an orphanage in Russia, given up, abandoned by her parents. A lady from Tampa, from this very area, visited that orphanage, and as she looked at the children, something stirred about Natalie, and she chose her, brought her back here to the States. Eight years old, speaks Russian, no English, and she's put in the public schools here in Hillsborough County. That'll bless your heart, won't it? But Natalie has, has always thrived and worked hard and succeeded. And she's completed university, and she's a, a lead charge nurse at a, at a hospital. And now, because of God's plan and God's purpose and God's win, she and Matt married, and we have this beautiful grandbaby named Nikolai. God's win can become your then. But if you're living in the midst of shattered dreams, you will miss don't quit, don't give up, don't give out, don't walk away, don't live in that dark place. The Bible says weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And he turns our ashes into his beauty. Shattered dreams. But as we continue looking at this psalm, we also see shuttered dreams, shuttered dreams, I mean, we live in Florida. We understand what a shutter does. The hurricane is coming. We see the cone. I mean, you know, Jim Cantore is showing up. And we know it's going to be bad. And so what do we do? We start shuttering. We cover windows. We, we, we try to protect. And we, 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 we do everything we can do. And, and, and so the storm is coming. It's imminent. And so we, we shutter the windows. But so, unfortunately, sometimes that moves into our life. And when the storms are coming at you, you begin to shutter your life. You begin to shut down your life. Well, I've been hurt, and I'm not going to let that happen again. I'll shutter my life. I, I, I've been burned by that. And you begin to shutter your life. Well, I've been let down too many times. You begin to shudder your life. Well, I can't trust. You begin to shudder your life. Oh, the challenges are always present. The pressures are always coming. 
The naysayers, they're always speaking. The cynics are always clamoring. The defeatists are circling. The insecurities will always surface. The storm clouds are gathering. And the, 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 the response often is to withdraw and shudder the dream. It reminds us that spiritual warfare is very real. But we're also reminded in the scriptures that we have a mighty God who is greater than anything that we face. And our mighty God has released us. The joy of today is greater than the sorrow of yesterday. The joy of today is greater than the unknown of tomorrow. And the psalmist is speaking about the difficult place in which the people of Israel are found. But remember, God knew where they were. He had not forgotten them, even though they often thought he had. He knew exactly where they were. And God said to them, where you are, seek the peace of the city. Be a witness. Be faithful here. For as you find peace in the city, you will have peace. And so now we read this passage, and they're dreaming again. Well, everything's changed. Everything has changed. Notice what it says in verse 2. Our mouth is filled with laughter. Our, our tongue was singing. That wasn't the case as they shuddered their dream. But when they were those who were dreaming again, it changed everything about who they were. They saw the power and the presence and the glory of Almighty God. And now there is joy in their heart. There's laughter on their lips. And the nations are even declaring the glory of God based on what God is doing through his people. The Lord has done great things for them. But they said, no, you can't outpraise us. We're not going to let the rocks and the hills be that which offers praise to God. We're going to give praise to God. And out of this difficult hour of this awful moment God has provided for us and we will say the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad we are glad bring back our captivity O Lord as streams in the south from Babylon back to Jerusalem Lord it's as if we're dreaming again you know we need to be reminded individually I can't be everything I can't do everything. I can't please everyone. I can't live my life by comparison. I, I, I can't serve by competition. I, I, I can't depend upon compliments as the reason that I do what I do. I can't focus on social media. I've got to keep my eyes on Christ. Because the same group or person who pats you on the back today will be the group or person who stabs you in the back tomorrow. But there's one thing that I can be, and that is this. I can be who God has created and gifted me to be for his glory. And I choose, I choose to declare the glory of the Lord. I choose for my mouth to be filled with laughter. I choose for my tongue to be filled with song. I choose for my testimony to declare his greatness. I choose for my life to be filled with gladness. I am not going to shudder my life away from what God desires to do. But, Lord, I want to dream again. Lord, I want fresh fire and fresh oil and fresh anointing on my life. Lord, take my life and use me to your glory in every way. As Pastor Paul said earlier, I have the privilege of traveling the entirety of the state up and down the peninsula, from the Keys up to Fernandina Beach, and then across the Panhandle, uh, getting that central time zone all the way over to Pensacola. And I'm in different churches all the time. And, um, you know, we're blessed because we have an incredible, 
family here in Florida. You know, we're not alone in this. We, we're together, and we're seeking to reach men, women, boys, and girls for Christ all across the state. But so often, though, as I talk with pastors, I, I, I see two different scenarios that have kind of pushed to the forefront following all the things that we have endured over these past couple of years where we wanted to shudder. I see that churches are making a choice to either be a placeholder in the kingdom of God or a stakeholder. And there's a big difference between the two. Placeholders, they're alive in name only. They got a building. They turn on the lights, they open the door. We're here, come. We are glad you come, but we're not going to risk a whole lot for the work of the Lord. Then there's stakeholders that say, man, we're going to do everything we can do to reach our city for Christ. We're going to do everything we can do to touch the hurting and the, and the hopeless and the helpless around us and love them in the name of Jesus. You see, placeholders are inward-focused, but stakeholders are outward-focused. Placeholders are consumed with budgets and buildings, but stakeholders are consumed with mission and ministry. Placeholders are escaping the culture, but stakeholders are engaging the culture. Placeholders are giving up and giving out, but stakeholders are giving more and giving all. Placeholders are stuck, but stakeholders are unstuck. Placeholder churches are defending the status quo. We're going to hold on. Can't change. Never done it that way before. It's not my preference. I don't like it. Placeholders. But stakeholders are declaring, let's go. Let's go and do all that we can for the Lord because God isn't finished with his church and with his people. Don't shudder the dream. Dream again. But then we move to the last part of the psalm. We see shallowed dreams. You can have shattered dreams, shuddered dreams, but you can also have shallowed dreams. And, and, and this may be one of the most dangerous ones of all. We navigate to a safe place, a, a secure place, almost like a hiding place. Oh, I still love Jesus, and I'm still involved, but, but I'm over here. Don't, don't, don't ask much of me. I'm, I'm in this shallow place, a place of little depth, little faith, little sacrifice, little demand, little commitment, little resistance, content, and meandering in shallow water while God is calling you to the deep. Now, in this passage, he's calling them to the deep. He's saying, return to Jerusalem. And when you return to Jerusalem, you're going to find things much different. You're going to be tasked with rebuilding a city, rebuilding a temple, rebuilding a wall around the city. A big request for these people, but now they're dreaming again. God's when was becoming their then. And I believe that God has a big request for this generation. God has a big ask for us. And it's not to be placeholders. It's to be stakeholders. It's not to shallow our faith, but to fulfill what God is asking us to do. We reach the place where we can only hold on to God because I can't grab the shoreline. My feet won't touch the bottom. I'm at a place where only God, only God, 
Only God can do his work in my life and in our lives together. In Psalm 42, 7, the scriptures say that deep calls unto deep. God calls us to the deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all of your ways and billows, all the blessings and the provisions of God flow over me. A couple of years ago, in the Summer Olympics, there was a swimmer from Florida. He actually swam competitively at the University of Florida. He was from Green Cove Springs, Florida, Clay County. His name is Caleb Dressel, an incredible swimmer, an accomplished athlete. In the Olympics, he won five gold medals in swimming. Fastest swimmer on the planet. He set world records. He set Olympic records. He won just event after event after event after event. Incredible story for Caleb Dressel. And so in one of these closing moments of an event, he swam, he touched the wall, he spins around, he gets up on the rope that divides the lanes, which is pretty much an athletic event in and of itself, I would imagine. I don't know if I could even get up on the rope, much less get on it and sit on it. And then he holds up his arms like this. Well, it really isn't like this. I mean, his arms looked a whole lot better than my arms do when he held them up. I mean, this guy's ripped, you know, and he's got, he's got the Olympic tattoos right here, the five rings there on his arm. And, he, and he's looking at a screen at the other end of the pool where maybe they're showing the end of the race or they're putting up his, his record, his time, his Olympic record, his world record, and he's got his arms up in victory. He's the fastest swimmer on the planet. He's grinning. I mean, this guy is on top of everything. And then the network puts up a split screen. They were ready for one of these moments. And on the split screen, on one side is Dressel. Man, he is victorious, a champion. On the other side was a photograph of Caleb Dressel as an infant. And he's in a kiddie pool. And he's laying in this kiddie pool, and they have swimmies, floaties, on both of his arms. I mean, what a contrast from an Olympic champion to just this little kid out in a pool with, with swimmies on his arms. But when I saw that, man, it just spoke to me in this way. There was a point in time where Caleb Dressel took off the swimmies and got out of the shallow water and dove into the deep. And I feel that it is time for the church to take off our floaties and to dive into the deep. It's time for the church to get out of the shallow water, the safe place, the easy place, the place of little commitment and demand, and dive into the deep where only God can receive glory, only God can receive honor, only God can be uplifted in what he does through his people, but yet because we're willing to dream, God's win will become our then. Our then. Now, it's not going to be easy. Don't think this is just going to be the, you know, just a smooth ride and easy. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, in verses 5 and 6, he says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I mean, there will be a struggle. Weeping, <laughs> sowing, the struggle is there. It's never easy, but we must press on. We must dream on. 
we must dream again. Now is not the time for the church to have shattered dreams or shuttered dreams or shallowed dreams. It's a time that we need to dream again about reaching our communities and cities for Christ. It's a time for Mission Hill to dream again about what it means to reach Temple Terrace for Christ, to reach Tampa Bay area for Christ, to reach Hillsborough County for Christ, to reach the state of Florida for Christ, to reach the nation for Christ, to reach the nations for Christ. Dream again because God will take his church and his win will become our then. To dream again about filling the baptistry, not just every now and then, but all the time. Because the witness of the gospel is so powerful. There are men and women and boys and girls who are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and they're stepping forward and publicly professing their faith through baptism, being baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That ought to fire up the church when we see those that are making those commitments unto Christ. Dream about discipling believers in the Lord. Dream about being on mission for Christ. Dream about planting churches. Dream about revitalizing churches church dream again God's win becomes our then there are those who are here today whose life is in such a desperate place that you've lost your dream the world has consumed you the evil ones lied to you and you find yourself in that helpless hopeless place no one cares. Is there any hope for my life? And this passage says, yes, there is. That hope is in Christ. Dream again. Come to him, repenting of sin. Calling upon him who is mighty to save. The one who will change your life. The one who loves you, the one who first loved you, the one who knows your name and your need and where you are today. And he brought you this place that you could come and say, Lord, I give everything to you. Lord, no longer will I hold anything back. Lord, I need you. Come into my life. Lord, I want to dream again. I want my life to be given unto you. So in a few moments, we're going to have that opportunity We'll have pastors who will be gathered all along the front here, even as we did in our early service. And this invitation is for the church to come to a pastor and say, I'm ready to dream again. <laughs> We've come a long way, and maybe, maybe, maybe I felt we, but there's more. And I want God's wind to become my then. I want to dream again. Make that commitment, whatever that may mean for you individually, whatever that means together for the family of the Lord here. Would you make that commitment today? Maybe you just want to come and pray, kneel and pray. That's fine. Whatever God's asking you to do. We're not, we're not trying to manipulate or make anyone do anything outside of what the Spirit is calling you to do. God's win for you. There are those here today who may be going through some very hard and difficult moments and you believe in the Lord, you love the Lord, but all the things pressing in on you have caused you to shudder and shallow. And maybe it's even shattered. And today the Lord is reminding you of his love and his grace and his mercy. Uh, while 
Ms. Green was singing earlier about he's been faithful. I want to tell you, he's been faithful to my family. On August the 28th, I had a 41-year-old son who died. When you can't breathe, God's faithful. When you don't know what to say, God's faithful. When you got hurt and heaviness beyond what you can imagine, He's faithful. He loves you. He loves us. We're going to keep dreaming because God isn't finished with us. He's not finished with you. So I just ask you today, if you're in that hard place or maybe you just are wondering, is there anything next in my life? There he is. Come today unto him. Come today as one who has never trusted Christ as Savior. This will be the day that will eternally change your life to the glory of the Lord. Eternally change your life. No matter how low you sank, no matter how high you soared, no matter what you have in your life, the Lord took that upon himself on the cross and paid in full the penalty and the price for sin. That we might come to him and through his blood we are forgiven. And so today he's calling you unto his salvation. Come. Come. Trust in Christ. Let's stand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you now asking, Lord, for just the freedom and the liberty over these next moments to respond as your children. To say, yes, we will dream again. Pray, Father, for those here whose eternity is weighing in the balance that they will come and say yes to you in salvation. Father, part of that dream may be to some that they just need to plug in the life of the church. They're a believer, but they've just been sitting in the shallow water, and it's time that they step up in the deep. And they commit to be a part of this ministry here. And Lord, others who need to commit to serve be found faithful. So, Lord, we know your Spirit is making clear in our hearts what we should do. We just ask, Lord, now that we will be obedient to do it. That our lips will be filled with laughter and our tongue will be filled with song. And we will declare your goodness in our life, Lord, through obedience to you. So, Lord, we give this time to you. May we respond in obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come now? Pastors are here to receive you. As God would lead you in your heart for prayer, for commitment, this is a time as a word of God. Oh, how